to take a moment for everyone to get out a pen and tear off your little insert thing together. Everybody, let's hear that sound. Tear them off. We're going to do this as sort of an experiment together. We did this in the early service last week, and it was a blessing, and we are going to try this this week. Uh, what we're doing is we are, as always, we have these, these uh, visitors, uh, inserts, and then on the back side there is a place at the bottom for prayer requests. So we are going to ask you today, because we know everyone has requests, we're going to ask you today, for, you don't have to put your name on it, to fill out a, a prayer request that you might have and put it in the offering plate that goes by, just so we can get in the habit of doing this. We probably had, what do we have, probably 80, 90 requests last week that we prayed over in our staff meeting. And, and people shared wonderful things, not just health concerns, but anything going on in your family, with your friends, with someone you know, a, a spiritual struggle. And we'll pray for that every week in our staff meeting. So today we're going to try to do this together, everybody, so nobody has to feel uncomfortable. Write a prayer request, put it in the offering plate as it goes by. If you're still thinking about that, you're welcome to leave them on the front pew at the end of the service. Tim or I will pick them up and take them with us as we pray. So just to get in the habit of, of being in prayer for one another is a great blessing. We had a wonderful time. We, we learned things that we wouldn't have known to pray about otherwise, and so it was a, a tremendous opportunity. Reminder that uh, this week is our week of prayer for McCainsville Baptist Church and the Dover Baptist Association. So we are being prayed over, and this yellow insert is there for you to be mindful to pray for the pastors and the churches of this coming year and who is next to be prayed for. A few other announcements. Offices are closed on July 4th, Tuesday, and for our mission trip in Nicholsville, August 14th we are leaving, uh, Faye is asking us to collect a few things. I believe we're going to have big boxes, yes? She's still finding big boxes. We're going to try to have a big box at each, uh, outside each service. And next week, we're going to start collecting clothing outfits for children through high school age, male and female. What we're trying to do is, if you could put together an outfit of gently used, not, 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 with, not it's, uh, dirty or has holes or anything, but gently used in good shape clothes, put together an outfit and we are going to collect those in the back, and she's going to fill her car and take it to the, to the mission trip in Nicholsville uh, to give out to those who will need it for the school year. So we're talking fall type of clothing. So if you have friends or neighbors who are, who are getting rid of some clothes, put together a couple outfits and, and leave them with us, and we'll be able to hand those out. Um, so fall type of clothes, not shorts and T-shirts, but pants and shirts and skirts and those type of things, probably for girls. Uh, other other thing they're doing is they're, they're collecting stuffed animals to give the senior adults at the nursing homes. So it's kind of a unique thing to get. So if you would if you have any leftover stuffed animals, you can bring one of those, and we will collect those and take those as well to the nursing homes in Nicholsville on the mission trip. All right, I think that's all I have for announcement. Was that good, Faye? Good start. All right, so it's going to start next week, so make sure next Sunday you start bringing it. We have about a month to collect these things. All right, thank you. It's good to be here today.
Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth in your word that you are with us and that we can bring all things before you as a God who cares, as a God who provides, as a God who uh, knows our needs. And we thank you for the opportunity we have to go to a God who is active and who is alive and who is real and who responds and listens and, and cares about every single thing in our lives. So God, we thank you for this day that uh, the peace that you give us is there. And we thank you that in Jesus, you give us peace that is beyond what we can even understand. And God, we thank you for this time of uh, worship. We pray that your spirit would dwell in this place and that you would be exalted, that you would be glorified, and that everything we do would bring you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will stand, we'll sing hymn number 646, My Country Tis of Thee. When we come to this time of the year, 
freedom is certainly on our minds. We think of the 4th of July, Independence Day, and we think in terms of what it means to be free. Certainly freedom was one of the things that was on the mind of Christ in the upper room when he gave to his disciples these symbols of his body and of his blood. For if they understood the truth that he was revealing to them in the upper room, they would understand what he already knew, that this truth would set them free. And so, in giving his life, he gave to us something we could not purchase. And that is freedom from the bondage and the penalty of sin. Did disciples understand what he was doing? Probably not fully. But they understood enough to know that what he had been telling them was about to take place. That his body would be given as a ransom for many. And so we come to this time and we take the symbol of his body, the bread. And we know that when Jesus blessed it and broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said... For as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had eaten, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, remember me. And Paul reminds us, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. You will take your hymnal in hand once again and turn to hymn number 502, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Will you stand as we sing together?
please be seated. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is the time we celebrate becoming a free, self-governing, and independent nation. We wave flags, shoot fireworks, and have picnics. But although it isn't perfect and has many problems, we need to remember to thank you for giving us this country where we are free to travel, worship or not, and express our opinions without fear of reprisal. Father, we thank you for our country, our freedoms, and our, our being part of your family. Lead us to live in a manner pleasing to you and help us to remember that our words and actions should always reflect our relationship to you. Guide us to use the tithes and offerings we are about to receive to further your kingdom. We'll offer this prayer in your son's name. Amen.
Shall we pray? Eternal God, our hope in the present and in the future, we bow before you this morning giving thanks for the gift of our times together. Recognizing, Father, that what we do here today is a reflection of our love for you and for our desire to worship you for all that you are and for your grace in our midst. We give thanks, Father, for the church and for this church and for the opportunities we have to serve together in the name of Jesus Christ. May we always, Father, recognize that our freedom exists because you have set us free through the cross and by the resurrection. We give thanks for this country and for those so long ago who risk their all so that we could be free and independent of an oppressive government and king. Recognizing, Father, that we gather here today because of the freedoms that are guaranteed to us in the Constitution. Recognizing, Father, that there are those who have given their lives so that we could be here today in peace and in freedom. We pray for our country and for our leaders. We pray that you will give them wisdom, that you will guide them, and that as we Pray for them, Father, may they know that we as a church are praying and seeking guidance as we serve in this nation and as we serve you in the church and in the communities and in the world in which we live. We are grateful, Father, for our missionaries. For, Father, as they go, they share the good news of salvation, a gospel, Father, of freedom, freedom even in the midst of oppression and sorrow and pain. May we, Father, pray for them as they seek to share this peace in the world. We pray, Father, that you will be with those of our church family who are ill. We rejoice in knowing that there are those, Father, who are back with us after illness. We pray, Father, that as we continue to pray on behalf of those who have needs, that you will minister and fill those needs. We pray, Father, for peace. Peace in the world and peace in our lives. We know, Father, that can only be achieved as we place our trust in you. Help us, Father, to have an increased faith in your presence. We rejoice in knowing, Father, that as we come here today, that you are with us and that your spirit can speak to us. We give thanks for your word And for the hope that it instills in our lives. For the instruction and conviction that it gives as well. As we open your word, Father. May we seek meaning for our lives. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This song is from 2 Corinthians 7.14, and while it is from the Old Testament, it's very valid for our life and our country today. to thank Linda this morning and Linda Dickerson who has agreed to be our music minister for this service and for the other choirs in the interim. We're grateful to have her. Uh, she's familiar with us and we're familiar with her and we're grateful that she has stepped into this role. Pray for the search team uh, as they begin their work but we're grateful that in the interim we have someone capable to lead us and uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to allow uh, Linda to minister to us, and hopefully we will continue to minister to you, Linda, as well. 
Our scripture this morning is found in Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 4, under the heading, The Great Promise of Peace. Certainly when our forefathers uh, gathered in Philadelphia, uh, one of the things that they longed for was peace. But with peace comes a price sometimes, and they needed to rid themselves of oppressive government. And with that came certainly the revolution and um, the opportunity to find peace for each individual uh, in the uh, land. But today we want to look at peace from the perspective that we can gain from Isaiah as he uh, penned this great hymn. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Jehovah the Lord is everlasting strength. There is a painting entitled Peace. It depicts waves crashing against the jagged rocks. It portrays the violence of a crushing storm. It seems anything but peaceful. But down in a small corner of the painting, tucked away in the rocks, is a little bird sitting on her nest, totally oblivious to the raging storms all about. And that is peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. We all have storms in our lives, and the storms that you have in your life are defined by you as to those things that trouble you, that give you difficulty, that cause you pain and sorrow and grief and keep you anxious much of the time. And yet the scripture has a word for us concerning peace. In this passage, we see strong city stands in contrast to the city of chaos. Peace in a time when war is all around is difficult to keep, even if it is only peace of mind. But steadfast mind and trust can make that possible. So the pilgrims exhort all who will hear in this hymn, Trust in the Lord forever. That the Bible has much to say about peace is evident by the fact that the term occurs some 400 times. In fact, the Bible can be regarded as God's testament of peace. Much is said about the peace of God, peace with God, and peace from God. God the Father is the God of peace who will sanctify the believer as recorded in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, God the Son is the Prince of Peace on whose shoulders the spiritual government will rest. Isaiah 9, 6. God the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of peace in the life of the believer. As recorded in Galatians chapter 5. This hymn recorded in the prophecy of Isaiah is composed of two parts. The first praising God for the protection and security He provides for the righteous. And the second declaring His humbling of the arrogant wicked and His exaltation of the poor and needy. The Bible assures us that when our ways please the Lord, God makes our enemies to be at peace with us. 
Proverbs chapter 16. But I think the essence of what he is saying here, in order to achieve peace on the outside, there must be peace within. At the birth of Jesus, angels praised God by saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward all people. Other verses of Scripture about peace include Matthew chapter 5, James chapter 3, 1 Timothy, and also Romans. But of all the verses in the Bible about peace, one of the most familiar and the favorite of many is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. From this verse, we can draw personal inspiration and strength. From this verse, we can come up with some ideas about peace and how peace is afforded to those who trust in the Lord. Two things are said to describe those who belong to the Lord. They are a righteous nation that keeps faith. Their minds are stayed on the Lord because they trust in the Lord. Here is elsewhere in Isaiah, faith and faithfulness are shown to be inseparable. The righteous are rewarded by receiving protection, by being permitted to enter into his presence, by being kept in perfect peace, and by sharing in his triumph over the wicked. You see, God is faithful to us, which affords us then the understanding that we are to be faithful to him. Faith leads to faithfulness. We can't be faithful before the Lord until we learn to trust Him and allow Him to lead us and to guide us. Notice the word keep. The idea behind this word is a sentinel standing watch or keeping guard. A passage from the New Testament that expresses the same meaning is Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 7. Paul was assured that God's peace would keep or stand watch over their hearts and minds. How can we be assured of this for ourselves? There are several ways that we can come to terms with this idea of how God provides peace to us personally. First, it's proven by God's performance. God reminded Moses and the people of Israel of his faithfulness in protecting them in Exodus chapter 19. Joshua had a monument erected that would serve as a memorial to remind the people of God's faithfulness in Joshua chapter 4. Samuel set up a stone between Mizpah and Shin and called it Ebenezer to remind the people that they were there because of God's faithfulness. God's past performance of faithfulness is proof that He will keep His promise of peace. It's important for us to come to terms with what's being said here. We are to remember what God has done in our past. We are only here because of the sum of our past. All that we are brings us to the point that we're at even on this day. God has given us far more than we deserve. He has shown us through His love for us that His grace sustains us, empowers us, and gives to us peace because of the power of the resurrection. 
But when you look at your life and you recognize how God has worked in your personal life to bring you to the place you are today, you truly can say, if you're honest with yourself, no matter how difficult the struggle may be, God has been faithful. And we need to be reminded of that when we see chaos within and without. This peace is also maintained by God's power. In describing the government that the Prince of Peace would establish, the Lord declared, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God's power will bring about this peace and His power will maintain this peace. We must recognize that God is sovereign over all. And that it's because of His grace and His mercy that we are sustained to this very moment. It's by His power that Christ rose from the grave. This peace is also supervised by God's presence. In Isaiah 41.10, God encouraged Isaiah, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. God will not forsake his own. He has promised to be our constant companion throughout life. Remember what Jesus said in the upper room. Lo, I am with you. I will be here. I am a part of you. My presence is with you. A man tells the story of when his son was very small, how they often walked together out through the fields and neighboring pastures behind their home. At first, the little fellow would hold on to his dad's finger, but he found that when he stepped into a hoof print or stumbled over something, his grip would fail and down he'd go into the dust or the snow. Not giving it much thought and with his mind on other matters, the father would stop and the boy would get up, brush himself off and grab his finger again, gripping a little harder this time than before. Needless to say, this occurred frequently until one day as he was brushing himself off, he looked at his dad and said, Daddy, I think if you hold on to my hand, I wouldn't fall. The father said, you know, he stumbled many times after that, but he never hit the ground. Now, as we walk with God... We should not try to hold on to him. Let God hold on to us. We may stumble. And yes, we will stumble. And there will be difficulties. And there will be chaos in in our lives. And there will be a lack of peace. And there are times that we might come close to falling. But he'll never let you fall. He's with you. He is in our presence. And his peace passes all of our understandings. And which takes us to the next point. What is the description of this peace? The word perfect is not in the original text. The noun peace is repeated. So if you look at the verse 3, it would really say, you will keep him in peace, peace. Emphasis on peace, you see. God's peace is unique in three ways. First, it surpasses human understanding. God's peace is indescribable. 
It is totally foreign to human experience and reason. Jesus himself said that the peace he would give would be unlike anything the world could offer. In John 14, remember, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he goes on to say, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God's peace passes all of our understanding and reason because God's peace is a peace that lasts with us through eternity. It's not a temporary peace. It's permanently settled on the cross and through the resurrection. This peace surpasses human capability. Three times in Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, the Apostle Paul writes of Christ that He is our peace. He is making peace and He preached peace. No one can remove enmity between Himself and God. It is a miracle of grace through Christ. We cannot achieve this peace that comes from a knowledge of knowing that we are forgiven in Jesus Christ on our own. It comes from God. When we try to do it ourselves, we are going to find a lack of peace because we will fall far short of any goal that we would set or try to achieve. This peace also surpasses human expectations. In writing to the Christians at Ephesus, Paul told them of his prayer request. It was his desire that they might come to a better understanding of God's revelation. The richness of God's peace is overwhelming. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ involves more than anyone can imagine. It will never disappoint our most grandiose hopes. We have hope because of Christ. Yesterday, Courtney and I returned from a little mini vacation left on Thursday. Returned yesterday from Lancaster and Hershey, Pennsylvania. We had a good trip until we hit the traffic in northern Virginia. Came all the way around Baltimore, all the way down to Washington, around Washington, and made it into Virginia, and made it down to about Quantico, and there we sat. And we sat. And we moved about four miles an hour. I was content. I knew when I left that that would be what would happen. Our trip that was supposed to end at 18 minutes after 12 yesterday ended at 3.30 in our driveway. But it was interesting to watch people's reaction on the road. Where are people going this week? And where are they going when they're going down 95? For the most part, they're going on vacation, aren't they? They're going somewhere to find some peace. But in the midst of trying to find that peace, they find chaos. I saw some quite interesting things happen while we were sitting. (laughs) Things that we probably shouldn't discuss from the pulpit. But by the time these people got to where they're going, do you think they could find that peace that they were looking for? The only thing that was giving me hope was I knew I had just a little ways to go. 
But we have difficulty in life when things don't go our way. When the arteries get clogged in life, sometimes we are very troubled. But God will never disappoint. Place your hope in Him and you will move through life with peace. But what are the conditions of, for this peace? Although the peace that God offers the believer is a free gift, there are certain conditions that must be met. First, we see that it ha- requires a mind that is stayed on God. The word mind literally means to form, to frame, to devise, or to create. The word suggests that that which is formed or made by the mind, its thoughts or imaginations are peaceful. The word for stayed means to lean, rest upon, to support. Therefore, the verse means that the mind that is at peace is the mind that is supported by the Lord. We must discipline our minds to dwell on the Lord. Our minds are stayed on the Lord and then we can find peace. There's so much negativity in the world. There's negativity in our lives and we see it all the time. We see the chaos that is around us and we stay sometimes really upset over things. And I believe that part of the reason we stay so upset is our minds are focused on the wrong thing. Isaiah understood this. He said, fix your mind on the Lord. The second requirement or condition is a heart that trusts in God. Isaiah 26.4 reads, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. We must place our confidence in God. No calamity, no adversity, no persecution, no poverty, not trial of any kind should prevent us from trusting in Him. Hezekiah was a man of faith whose example of trusting encourages us to do the same if you want to read the story in 2 Kings chapter 18. And who can forget the inspiring faith of Job who declared in Job 13.5, Though he slay me, I will trust him. One of my favorite Bible passages I've told you before is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's what we need, isn't it? We need to trust in the Lord as we journey through life. And He will take us down the paths we need to go. We stay upset because we try to get ahead of God. God has a plan. And that plan begins in your life when you accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And from that point on, He is working out in your life, if you will allow Him to do so by trusting in Him, the path that you're supposed to take. I've told this story before. I love this story. If you remember it, indulge me, because it makes my point once again. In a remote Swiss village stood a beautiful church. It was so beautiful, in fact, that it was known as the Mountain Valley Cathedral. Doesn't it sound pretty? 
The church was not only beautiful to look at with its high pillars and magnificent stained glass windows, but it had the most beautiful pipe organ in the whole region. People would come from miles away, from far off lands, to hear the lovely tones of this organ when it was played properly. But there was a problem. The columns were still there, the windows still dazzled with the sunlight, but there was an eerie silence. The mountain valley no longer echoed the glorious fine-tuned music of the pipe organ. Musicians and experts from around the world were called in and tried to repair it. Every time a new person would try to fix it, the villagers were subjected to the sounds of disharmony, awful penetrating noises which polluted the air. But one day, an old man appeared at the church door. He spoke with the sexton, and after a time, the sexton reluctantly agreed to let the old man try his hand at repairing the organ. For two days, the old man worked in total silence. The sexton was, in fact, getting a bit nervous. On the third day at high noon, the mountain valley once again was filled with glorious music. Farmers dropped their plows, merchants closed their stores. Everyone in town stopped what they were doing and headed for the church. Even the bushes and trees seemed to respond as the glorious music echoed from the ridge to another ridge. After the old man finished playing... A brave soul asked him how he could have fixed the organ. How could he restore this magnificent instrument when even the world's experts could not? The old man said it was an inside job. It was I who built this organ 50 years ago. I created it. And now I have restored it. And that is what God is like. It is God who created the universe. And it is He who can and will and is in the process of restoring it. He created us. He can restore us. Because He knows us. Notice that Isaiah 26.3 begins with God and ends with God, and the trusting soul is in between. Read it that way. Perfect peace is to get between these two words referring to God. You and you are Jehovah and Yahweh. And to stay there. Let us recall the words of Havergal's hymn. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace, over all victorious in its bright increase. Perfect yet it floweth fuller every day, perfect yet it groweth deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. I'm always reminded of the 23rd Psalm. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. 
That's peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Jehovah the Lord is everlasting strength. Have you found it? Do you need that peace? Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for these words recorded in the book of Isaiah. For they empower us and show us what true peace is. Help us, Father. To find that peace in you. To fix our minds and our hearts on you. So that in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the chaos that is around us. We can find peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I spoke to Linda earlier this week and told her of what I was going to use to close. And I said, I don't know whether our new hymnal has Like a River Glorious, but it does. And what other hymn should we sing after we closed with that? The invitation is open to anyone who would find this peace. This peace begins in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But that peace may still elude you. Ask yourself. Is my mind stayed on the Lord? The invitation is open as we stand and sing hymn number 516, Like a River Glorious.
I need to let you know that uh, in the verse, uh, there are two words for God, and I said Jehovah and Yahweh. I want to be very clear. If you look in your translation, sometimes it just has the letter Y-A-H, and that is uh, because uh, it, um, in Jewish communities, the word Yahweh uh, is very sacred and is not uttered. The other word, the other Hebrew word that they use most of the time, so you think about putting yourself between these two words, Yahweh and Adonai. Adonai is the more uh, familiar name for God that is used in the Old Testament. But anytime you see in the Old Testament Y-H in capital or sometimes L-O-R-D in capital, it's the uh, reference to God's formal name in Hebrew, which is Yahweh. I tell you that because somebody in here would call me out on that if they did a little research, and I wanted to make sure that you knew that those two words, uh, one, Jehovah is a form of Yahweh and uh, came from the Latin, but Yahweh and uh, Adonai are the words. So place yourself between there and you will find your peace. Probably told you more than you wanted to know, but makes me make, it eases my conscience to know that I have been true to the text. So wanted to make that clear to you this morning. Thank you for being a part of this service today. I appreciate so much your attendance. We've got lots of folks that are away, certainly because of the 4th of July weekend. We did have 94 in the first service, so we were pleased with that number. Uh, in the first service, and I'm grateful that you've been a part of this service today. This is Benevolence Sunday. Remember, we receive a benevolence offering every first Sunday of the month uh, in order to help meet the needs of people in Mechanicsville. So if you would like to participate in that offering, there will be deacons at the door to receive it. I hope that you will have a safe 4th of July, and uh, I look forward to seeing you the next time we are together. Remember, the Wednesday morning uh, is always, we always have prayer and uh, Bible study on Wednesday mornings all year long, but in the summer it's the only time we do it on Wednesday. If you would like to come, come and be a part of it. We're getting towards the end of the book of Mark, but there's always something to learn, and we'd love to have you join us if you can. I know those of you who work can't, but it was a way in order to continue through the summer at least gathering once a day on Wednesday for prayer. So let's bow for benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart on the day that you've given to us, we do so recognizing that our peace rests in you. May we find, Father, that peace as our minds are fixed and stayed on you. May we indeed position ourselves between you and you as we seek to be a light to a lost world.